Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and we're talking wide receiver plays. The Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and as always, I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 239. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I chat with legendary NFL wide receiver Mike Quick about the ins and outs of wide receiver play in today's NFL. Now, he and I have done deep dives into this position before, and I don't want to be repetitive. So the purpose of this conversation is to look at a handful of wide receiver traits and determine just how important they are in today's conversation when it comes to projecting wide receivers from college to the NFL. The draft is next week. I know a lot of fans want to hear more about the wide receiver position in general, so we're going to hit on that from A to Z in this chat. But let's not waste any more time. Let's dive into that discussion now in Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. Well, excited to welcome back to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, my good friend, Mike Quick. Mike, uh, welcome back to the show. Thank you, friend. It's always nice to be on with you. Uh, I, lo- I love having you on, and we love talking wide receiver play. You and I have had uh, some conversations on this podcast in years past about the specifics of receiver play. We've talked about the difference between hands and ball skills. We've talked about the different facets of route running, yards after catch. So I don't want to be too, too repetitive. I- as I said earlier, I think the big thing is let's talk about some of these traits and just how they apply to today's game, because uh, as everybody knows, you know this game has evolved a lot over the last you know 10, 15 years. It's constantly evolving, and I think when you look uh, at what's happened in the league over the last couple of seasons, you're starting to see a little bit more run game, but certainly you're starting to see uh, a little bit more gadgetry. I think with the wide receiver position, you know, we've had the conversations about positionless players and getting the guy the ball, getting the ball to these guys in space and letting them do work. You know, Debo Samuel uh, certainly a name that comes to mind from the NFC champion 49ers, a guy that was just used in so many different ways. And I think we could start there because, you know, I remember a year ago, you and I talking about Debo Samuel uh, and watching him at South Carolina and say, man, like this guy, you know, yards after catch was just such a, a big strength, such a great tool in his toolbox. And there are certainly guys in this class that can hang their hat on their ability to create with the ball in their hand. So I guess that's my first question to you, Mike, is when you look at yards after catch at the college level, how do you project that to the NFL? Do you feel like that's something that carries over? And then, B, how valuable is that trait to have in a wide receiver room? Well, I think it's extremely important to be able to make yards after the catch. And, and, and I do believe that you, know, you really start to hone those skills at the college level. When you can prove that you can do it, and especially against some of the top colleges, when you can do that at the college level, it just gives you the confidence to do it at the next level. And when you show that, that, that has a lot of value. But you mentioned something uh, earlier. You said something about spacing. In today's game, that is so important. And you have to, when you're a receiver, you have to understand that. Because now the game has all these concepts. It's very different from like in the 80s when I played the game where it was the route tree. And you're running routes and it's like an 585 and you know the routes because of the numbers right and you under you understand the spacing because of the numbers now you've got concepts you got snags and sticks and 
all these different concepts. And you have to be able to understand that as a wide receiver. And that's so important. Uh, understand the spacing involved and the timing involved in all of that. Um, as well as the defense. So there's so many variables now that comes into play. So these guys have to really be on that, not just the skills that are important at playing the position, that ability to catch the ball, run after the catch, but it really starts the, the traits, understanding these concepts, understanding defenses and how to uncover in these different defenses. And then when you get to one-on-one, it's not just, um, dealing with the concepts themselves. But then when you find yourself in a one-on-one situation, how effective are these guys at getting open, working a defensive back from shoulder to shoulder and getting him to turn where you want him to turn so you can get yourself open? I'm so glad you brought so much of that up because to me, like, I feel like I wanted our conversation to kind of start off with kind of the juxtaposition, like comparing the value of – yards after catch like creating with the ball as opposed to like route running and creating separation before the catch so uh kind of you know are you going to be able to make that space for yourself before the catch or after the catch and I guess really it ultimately comes down to like the kind of offense you mentioned because you, you mentioned too like you know the, the offenses from years ago you know it was a lot of isolation route focus you know it was a lot of hey I need you to be able to win one-on-one uh, no matter what route that we call but now uh, you can create space and there are certainly offenses in the league that are better at it than others but you can create space for some of these pass catchers to get them out into the open field and now it's like all right maybe the guy's not the best route runner but if he's quick if he's athletic if he's uh, explosive certainly in a straight line we can get him the ball in space now can we create I, I feel like the, the you know it ultimately comes down to what kind of style of offense are you? Are you able to get space for these guys and now let them get the ball and let them do work? Well, that's why a lot of these guys, now, and I, I read the comments from one of the top guys coming out, and he was saying, I'm hoping to get into the right system. It's not necessarily a team that he's looking uh, and hoping that drafts him. And this was a smart comment by this kid. I'm hoping to get into the right system because the systems are so important. And you're so right. Some of these concepts are designed to get you open. And then as a receiver, I've got to know where the defenders are. I've got to know when I catch the ball, am I able to just continue on the path that I'm going? Do I need to spin and go back the other way? Where are the defenders? And that's how you become really good at the yak, the yards after the catch. When you understand defenses and know where the leverage is, points are in the defense and you know where to run with the football after you catch it. And I'm glad you brought that part of it up too because I and you mentioned it earlier the the mental part of the game and all these guys for the most part they're all going to have this big jump, and that's where we don't necessarily know. That's where the projection comes in. How are these guys all going to react to handling a full route tree, handling an NFL playbook? They're all going to be asked to do a little bit more, sometimes a lot more, uh, than what they were asked to do at the college level. And that, and that obviously adds a, a little bit of murkiness, I guess, to the projection. And, and I also, uh, for those listening at home, I don't want to take away from uh, you know what I view as value in terms of route running. You know, I feel obviously you need to be able uh, to create your own space. You look at guys like Jerry Judy, we don't see guys that often that come out that are as polished a route runners uh, as that kid is in terms of being able to create his own space. But I think when you look at it, so often these guys are a little bit raw. When you look at guys at the college level, is there something that you want to be able to see from them 
from a route running standpoint that says, you know what, this this guy's got it? Is there a, a specific route you'd like to see them run? Is there a specific athletic trait you want to see? Like, Is there a mindset uh, that you can kind of pick up on after watching? Uh, what, what is it that you that you really want to see in terms of a guy's upside as a route runner? So I think that there are a couple of things that I, I like to look for. How explosive the guy is. Um, does he waste time? Does he waste steps? You know, I'm watching some of these guys and – Every time the ball is snapped, there's a false step. Now, to me, to me, they need to be coached up a little bit because you waste time with a false step. Um, how does how long does it take him when he's up to full speed to break to get in and out of that cut? And how crisp is that at the top of the route? So very important because that's where you get separation from a defender. So that part, getting in and out of that cut, um, that explosiveness. Um, how smooth you're able to do that. Does it take a lot of work for a guy to do that? Or is he pretty natural at doing that? That's important. Because, you know, when the pressure is there, the guys who are smoother at doing it, the guys that are, can make it look easy and do it with ease, uh, those guys are going to be able to do it with ease when the pressure is there. And in the National Football League, there's going to be pressure every snap. So that, to me, is really important. Um, yeah, there's so many things, man, but to, to me, but one of the things that I think is the biggest quality that you can have is just a deep down competitive fire that makes you want to win every time. Yep. And we don't necessarily get to see that on the outside. Right, like from a media standpoint, we don't get a sense of that. But obviously, the teams, the scouts, the coaches—they when they meet with these guys, they start to get a sense of whether that guy has it or doesn't. That's right, and that's so. With with the current state of affairs in, in this country, that <laughs> right. to me, that to me is going to be one of the tough parts. The intangibles when they're able to sit down with guys, spend time with guys, uh, you can start to pick up on some things like that. Or if you're if you're able to, to spend time with them at say these senior bowls in different uh, places like that, where in the past you've had a lot of time with these guys, you don't have that amount of time with them now. So that part, I think, is going to be a little bit scary and missing. Yep. But but when you know that a guy deep down has that that fire, that that competitive thing, that that is a really important trait. In terms of like uh, specific routes that I, I look for, I, you know, number one, I, I love to see a guy be able to run a deep dig and create some separation. Certainly, I, I mean, honestly. If you can't even run a slant in the NFL, I, I need you to be able to to show that you can win one on one. Because again, at times you're going to have to win one on one. It can't just be you can't just be a guy that's going to rely on uh, the offense creating space for you. You have to be able to create your own separation. So you know, you talk about a slant route, a dig route. I'll tell you what, man, I, I love just seeing a guy that works outside the numbers that can work a really smooth comeback route. You know, obviously, look, everyone wants to be able to work vertical and you know sell the nine route, but. Uh, being able to just kind of throw the afterburners on, you know, sell as if you're working vertically, then just drop your pads and, and break back towards the the line of scrimmage, uh, towards the sideline. I mean, that, that's big time. You know, that, that to me, like that's a guy that I was like, all right, this guy knows what he's doing. And I love that when you know how to run. And for me, it's when he's talking just routes. That's one of the top ones. But the dig route, if you can run a dig route and you can flatten that thing at the top so that you don't have to worry about the safety and, and getting cold cocked by safety or the seven route 
when you can run that post corner, yeah. you're really smooth. You can really sell that post, spin to the outside on the corner portion of the route. And I'm watching these guys, and the really good ones, probably the first three steps on the part on the corner portion of the route, they're never looking back. They're just digging in, getting their speed up, and then they start to look for the football and adjust to the football. Those routes, when you can run a solid dig route or six route or the comeback route or five route and then the post corner or the seven route, that to me can start to tell you what type of route runner guys are. What was your favorite route? Post corner. Yeah. Post corner. I always felt like I could, you know, I could, and you have to be patient on the post portion of that route. Sure. And, and make sure that the guy feels like he's got to get in to try and stop the post, and then you beat him on the corner. And sometimes you're able to like see it out of the corner of your eyes. Sometimes you can hear that grunt. If you can get him going in on the post and then start on the corner, as many times you hear a cornerback grunt because he knows he's out of position and trying to kick, <laughs> they're trying to catch back up to you when you go out on the on the corner. But that that's always that was always a favorite. And then just being able to run by people. Do you feel is, is there a red flag for you where you're watching a guy and you say like, oh man, like I, I'm not going to be able to to teach this. This area it's going to be really tough to be able for this guy to be able to improve on you know this trait at the next level. Um, I just if he's athletic, I just think that you can do something with him. The, yeah. the, the the trait for me is when guys are stiff or not fluent in their movement. Um, it, it takes an athlete to play that position. I mean, like yep. some of the best athletes in the world play the position, and that's what it takes. And if you don't have, if you're not fluent in your movement, to me, that's the first red flag. If you don't have, like, if you're not able to drop your hips, sink your hips, that ability to drop your hips, get in and out of cuts. Now, that's a red flag to me. You have to be a good athlete, a fluent athlete to play the position. Because, I mean, that, that goes to from every aspect, from snap to whistle, right? I mean, that's getting off a jam. That's creating separation mid-route. That's uh, being able to adjust at the catch point and then the, the yards after catch. Like, everything you're talking about there requires a certain amount of athleticism that if, you are, if you're missing that, you're going to limit, ultimately, your ceiling. Your your hands and ball skills can be uh, as good as you want. Your toughness can be as good as you want. Your strength can be as good as you want. But if you don't have that athletic ability, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to limit you. Yeah, if you don't have that movement, you just can't do it. But, but if you have that, there's a lot you can do with it. So guys that don't have it, you'll see them get jammed at the line of scrimmage a lot. You know, this game, you're going to have – I do believe that the best athletes on the field are – cornerbacks defensive backs right yeah they are they're in a reactive mode you know you know what you're going to do as a wide receiver so when those guys are in your face playing press coverage and they get their hands on you because you're stiff or you don't you lack the ability to get around guys because you're just not a good athlete you can't play this game 
I want to ask you because last week I talked with uh, Mark Juan Manuel, the Eagles DB coach. Uh, you know, we just talked about a, a few different things about DB play. We talked about you know some of the newcomers coming to the to the Eagles room as well. You know, Darius Slay and Will Parks and those guys. But you know, I asked him about tackling uh, on the perimeter and you know just how important it is at the cornerback spot with all the bubble screens, with the jet sweeps, with the perimeter game that you know it's becoming in a lot of different ways. Do you feel for that reason, if you're going to go back to the other side of the ball, you know, obviously we're talking yards after catch there as well, but even taking that to a next step, blocking, right? Because if you if you're going to be running those jet sweeps, if you're going to be running those wide receiver screens, like you need those guys to be able to be able to win at the point of attack as well. Do you feel that that trade is a little bit more viable now than it was even when you know it was uh, three yards in a cloud of dust, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago? Okay, there's a lot I want to say right here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so first of all, first of all, let me say this. Anyone listening to this that didn't hear the interview with Fran and, and Manuel, the defensive backs coach, you need to go back and listen no, to that last you, week you, because, because it was such a great interview. And he's so such a knowledgeable coach. I'm glad he's on this staff. He's going to bring a lot, I think, to um, this coaching staff with his knowledge. You know, he was a one-time defensive coordinator, just a smart football guy. So yep. uh, that was a great interview, and I really enjoyed that. And let me say this. The one trait that I've missed, and I'm glad you touched on this, you got to be tough to play the yeah. wide receiver position yep. because you do have to be a really good blocker. Any run that you see downfield that gets beyond six, eight yards, it's because you got wide receivers on the outside that don't mind sticking their nose in and blocking people. That's such a huge part of the game now. Uh, especially that when you look at the the RPO game, when you, you when as a defense you can't tell if it's, if it's pass or run, and many times offensively you don't know until the ball is snapped because the quarterback is the guy that's going to make that decision. You've got to be a good blocker on the outside. You've got to be willing to stick your nose in there because that's how you're going to get big plays, and then it also helps you in your passing game when you're able to set up. Uh, plays downfield because you're going to go out as if you're going to block and you slip a defender and get around. Right. You, you have to be a tough guy on the outside and willing to block, willing to catch the football in traffic. If you don't have that, can't play. And that's what, like, the, the toughness aspect is that's both physical and mental, right? Because, you know, everyone talks about that with, like, oh, you know, uh, you know, um, just having a short memory from the as a corner, right, or as a DB, and you give up a big play, hey, flush it and move on to the next play. I feel like you need that as a wide receiver as well. Like, hey, if you have a bad drop, like, all right, like, drops are part of the game. Like, every receiver is going to have some drops, but you got to be able to kind of shake that and keep going. Uh, and I, so I feel like that mental part of it is also incredibly important. Yeah, you got to have that. That's just uh, that. Uh, I think it's just nature of playing, and, and especially at this level. But playing sports, you're not always going to win, and you learn that early on. Yeah. So when you when you have those failures, you know, how strong are you? You know, character wise, how strong are you when you have those failures? Can you bounce back from that, or do you do you let that eat at you? Do you feed on that and let that cause something else to go wrong because you're not able to let that go and move on to the next play. Defensive backs, they're great at it. They're so used to it. But as a wide receiver, you know, you you may have one drop out of you know, eight balls thrown to you, but that one drop is going to eat at you. But you have right. to be able to let – you have to have the strength 
to let that go and move on to the next thing. You're talking about toughness, like just the the ability to work uh, over the middle of the field, kind of play through contact, and, and that happens, you know, before the catch and after the catch too, Mike. Like that, to me, like that's one of the things. Just watching, you know, I'm always like trying to pick things that I can take away from certain seasons. Like after after a season ends, I'll just kind of like do a quick little like a uh, uh, powwow with myself and say like, all right, like what are what are some of my takeaways? And like one of the one of the takeaways I took from just this past season, you know, watching around the NFL, watching around college football was, you know, like I, I feel like. I need my receiver to be able to make plays through contact. You know, wh- whether he's fighting through contact at the line of scrimmage, uh, mid route, after the catch. Like, I-, I need a guy to be able to do that. Um, you know, at-, at all three levels and at-, at every stage of the route. And certainly, to me, toughness that that aspect is going to be a big part of that. Fred, you know, open in the in college is a lot different than open in the NFL, and many catches are going to be contested. And if you're not willing to go up, fight for the football, try and fight for the ball in traffic, knowing that, okay, I'm going to take a hit. That's just part of, that's just the nature of the position. You're going to go over the middle sometimes. You're going to get hit sometimes. But you got to focus in on what's important, catching the football. Yeah, I'm going to get hit, but that's football. And if you're not tough enough to do that, you're not tough enough to play the game. I think when you you mentioned like the RPOs, like the the quick game RPO being such a big part of today's league, obviously it, it is in the Eagles' offense as well. Um, you know, you're going to need that ability to be able to create with the ball in your hands, and that's going to require not just hey, you're not always going to be wide open, but dealing with some contact at the catch point. And you know, if it's a, a five yard gain at the catch. Can you make that eight yards? Can you make that nine or 12, 10 yards? Can you make it 12 yards and move the sticks? Like, to me, it's such an important man. That's where, when, I, when we talk about yards after catch, kind of bringing this conversation full circle, going back to the beginning, when you talk about yards after catch, to me, it's not just, oh man, like watch him belt off this 78 yard touchdown. To me, it's like, all right, like take that three yard catch or, you know, that, that four, you know, six yard slant route. Turn that into eleven yards. Like turn, turn. You know, we talk about with running backs all the time with creating your own yardage and yards after contact and contact balance and stuff like that. To me, I look at that the same thing with the receiver position. Like, I, can you can you get us an extra first down just because you picked up an extra four yards? Like to me, like that that is such a big part of having success at the receiver position. You don't always see that first round pick, second round picks. But you might see that with you know a fifth or sixth round guy. He's got that trait. And to me, like that's something that's just so valuable in today's game. And I think that many times will go back to understanding what defenses are doing. If I've got a slant route versus man or versus zone, I've got to know when I catch the ball, if I got that cornerback on my hip, where is the next most dangerous defender? Right. And, and how do I get away from that guy? Do I, am I able to run through a tunnel and take it all the way to the other side? Or do I put my foot in the ground and go north, south, right away you've got to understand where the defenders are and when you understand that when you understand defenses it makes the game a whole lot easier for you as a wide receiver because you know where everyone is do you feel like that do you feel like that spatial awareness though is is a learned trait or is it something that you like either have or you don't or is it take extra reps like what how does a guy improve in that area you learn that I, because, you know, I think about when I first came into the league and I didn't know a lot about reading defenses. I mean, I could tell if they're in, you know, a two deep zone or just some of the basics. But uh, after spending my first year in the league under 
Christopher Mill, uh, I learned a whole lot about defenses and how to read that next guy in, that safety, or read the linebacker. There's always a triangle there so you can figure out, you know, kind of what they're doing. Is someone buzzing out underneath you or um, however they're playing you. If you're getting someone running to the outside, playing in and out coverage on you, if they're rolling the coverage to you, they're rolling the coverages away. And when you start to understand that, all those little things and the details that are involved there, that's when the game opens up for you. You hear guys talking about the game slowing down. When you start to, when you get to the point where you can decipher all of that, that's when the game will start to slow down. Well, Mike, this was a really fun conversation. Obviously, the NFL draft uh, just a week away. Eagles fans excited about uh, what could be at the wide receiver position in this draft. Well, Mike, hope to talk to you again soon. Wait, what's going to be at the wide receiver position? Oh, I don't know, man. It's going to be a lot of a lot of playmakers. But I think when you look at it, to me, like, dude, this receiver class, there are guys going from you know when you see first round down into like round four, round five. I'm like, yeah, like this guy can play. Like, you know, I like even just some of the smallest guys, some of the the, the lowest named guys. I look at him like this. This guy has the ability to be a top three receiver in the league in terms of uh, where he falls on an NFL depth chart. I feel like he could be a starter. So I look at the depth of this class. As really, really intriguing. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Where else do you look? I mean, where else do you think this oh. team can improve? That's a good question, man. I mean, like, I, to me, like, I've I always looked see, at it like see, this. I know, I know that everybody's going to say wide receiver, and I get yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But, but, but you know, there, there are other areas, I think, where they can improve. Well, where do you think? I think a linebacker would help. Yeah. Yeah, I think a linebacker that, um, and of course in this defense they've got to be really versatile. I think they've got to be guys that can cover, and you don't necessarily need a Jeremiah Trotter type thumper. Sure, uh, but you need a guy who's a run stopper as well as a guy who has the versatility that he can take a tight end or he can take a back out of the backfield. You need those, you know. And yeah, I think that's that's necessary. I think to me, like when you go talk about like the RPO game and like where where the game is now in terms of tempo and hurry up offense, like your linebackers have to be able to to run. They got to be able to cover. They got to be able to blitz. They got to be able to to do a lot of different things for you, but also be able to hold up on the mental side as well. I mean, we talk about that uh, all the time at every position, but if you're going to go hurry up and a guy's going to be a true three-down player and be stuck on the field and be able to match up to a lot of different people, you got to be able to handle that from a mental standpoint as well. And I, to me, like you know, that that is just such an important part of the position, not even just like a, a play recognition and instinct standpoint, but just being assignment sound and knowing where you've got to be on any given play. Hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's uh, but it's gonna be fun, man. It, it, look, I'm I'm a big believer in best play, like take the best players, you know, because you never know, uh, you know, w- what your needs are today may not be your needs in the fall, may not be your needs a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, and that's why you see all these articles of oh, you know, why did this guy draft this, you know, why did this team draft this guy uh, three years ago? Like, well, they it's because they drafted for need instead of uh, drafting best players. So uh, to me, like I, I'm a big believer best player available and I know that the Eagles have been a big believer of that process as well over the last few years so 
I'm excited, man. I, I love the draft, as you know, as, as our listeners know. I'm a big, uh, I, I love the NFL draft. I love uh, the, the aspect of team building and roster building. So exciting time of year for sure. Excited to talk to you about this roster uh, moving forward as we get into the summer here uh, on the Eagle Eye of the Sky podcast fueled by Gatorade. Thanks, man. Enjoyed it. Stay safe. Great stuff from Mike, and you can follow him on Twitter just like I do, at MikeQuick6, and while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce at PhiladelphiaEagles.com, and you know I greatly appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show, but the other way, the best way, is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. I want to give a shout-out to some people who have done that lately, and we're going to go to three comments here, and we'll first go to Dave. Dave71162, who went onto our Apple Podcast page, left a five-star review and said, thank you for keeping me informed and updated on the team for the upcoming season. You keep things exciting during the offseason while I'm longing for an Eagles game day. Well, Dave, thanks so much for the rating. Thanks so much for the comment. Appreciate your support on our Apple Podcast page. Another one here from JulesFree18, left a five-star review saying he loved the, the Ike Reese pod. Would love to hear more stories like this from him or any other Eagles from his era. Hollis Thomas probably has some funny stories on I'm sure that he does. Working on some of those, uh, maybe for the summer. We'll hit on a couple more of those. Uh, I really enjoyed that conversation with Ike, and I'm hoping to do more of those for sure in the future. Last one here. Hey, guys, love the show. My buddy's trying to convince me to trade up to get Oklahoma wide receiver C.D. Lamb. Would give up 21, 103, and 145. I'm not a fan of this. Thinks there's great depth at the receiver class. What are your thoughts on moving up for a premier guy versus staying and trading up, or trading back for more picks? So uh, that comes from BMB Baller. Left that five-star review. All right, so BMB. Obviously, it's a loaded question. You don't know the scenario, right? Obviously, we don't uh, on the outside. But I think when you're looking at the the possibilities of trading up versus staying put or trading back, the number one thing you're going to look for to uh, look, this team, they've already made one trade this year uh, with Darius Slay where they gave up a couple of picks. You don't want to give up too many picks. You'd love to be able to come out of this draft with a host of young talent trying to replenish this roster, uh, get some youth on this depth chart. I think that's number one thing to certainly consider. That being said, I wouldn't rule out a trade-up. Obviously, whenever the situation is there, if you feel that this guy is worth it, whether that is a CeeDee Lamb or a Henry Ruggs or a Jerry Judy, if one of those guys you feel is definitely worth it and is, you know, exponentially better than what you would get if you were to stay put at 21 if he's two players more worth it then yeah then you make that deal you keep going and you can and you find other ways to be able to replenish replenish the depth chart but ultimately i think i agree with you and that there is a lot of depth it ultimately just comes down to though how the coaches and how the front office feel about those receivers they've obviously had a lot more uh, access a lot more experience uh being up close and personal with these players than we have they're going to have great feels for all of these prospects, not just the receivers, but obviously every position in this draft. So to me, if you love the player, if you feel, you know what, this guy, we cannot leave this draft without this player, sure, you, you try and make that move. If you feel like you could stay put or move back and get similar kind of talent or even more talent, you stack more picks on top of that with a trade back, I think then you're saying, all right, well, you got to compare that value. But it, look, I'm, never, I'm not uh, in the camp of always trade up always trade back or stay put. I think you have to be very smart. You treat each situation uh, as its own case. As far as CeeDee Lamb goes, the guy's very, very interesting. I mean, I wrote down while watching him at Oklahoma, this goes back uh, to my study of him over the summer, 
I watched CeeDee Lamb as a, as a sophomore and thought he looked like DeAndre Hopkins, you know, a guy that was just automatic at the catch point, uh, was excellent at playing the ball in the air, very, very tough with everything he did. A lot of the things you heard us uh, talking about with Mike, he's great after the catch, was outstanding with the ball in his hands in the Big 12. Will that carry over to the NFL? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, <clears throat> it's not like DeAndre Hopkins is known uh, for his creative ability after the catch, but I think when you look at CeeDee Lamb, uh, certainly one of the premier talents at wide receiver in this class and a very, very intriguing player moving on to the NFL. So uh, BMB, really appreciate the question. Thanks so much to all three of you guys for all the comments you left on our Apple Podcast page. We've only got one or two left in the hopper now, so if you want to throw us your support, go on to Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, wherever you listen, leave us that rating, leave us that comment. So uh, all that being said, I think that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. For everybody here at the Duffy House, I'm Fran Duffy. We will talk to you next week.